0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: All right, what's going on everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Tweets. Thank you very much for locking in. Audio side, video side, dropping this on Tuesday morning, taping this very, very late on a Monday night. A Buffalo Bills victory, a big victory, a very lopsided victory on Monday night football. Primetime in front of a national audience. 41-7 to over the Tennessee Titans. They go to 2-0 on the season. I am joined right now by... Friend, recurring guest, emergency quarterback, Joe from New York City. Yeah, and I'm the emergency
2: yeah, emergency quarterback. If you guys didn't see earlier today on Twitter, Pat, Of I love Pat because Pat's very, uh, you know, Pat's full of shit sometimes, but he's very honest too with me. He goes, Look, I've uh, exhausted every possibility of finding <laughs> a guest, ranging from Gal Gilbert to Art Wander to Larry Felzer's widow. And I need you to be on the podcast tonight. And I'm like, well, Pat, I'm home. I, I'm more than happy to be on the podcast two weeks in a row, which means this will probably be the last time I'm on the podcast until like November.
1: No, probably. no. December. What I'll tell you why that's not the case. Because I got to make up for some lost episodes. There's been a couple of things that have happened lately. So I'm kind of, I'm behind it. I got to put out some extra episodes to uh to kind of make up for that. And you are the emergency quarterback, which again, I appreciate you staying in podcasting shape there, working yeah. out, drinking some beers, keep giving your voice uh, nice and loose. And here's the funny thing. Sometimes I do try to be funny. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm, being honest with you. To some extent, that is the case
2: today. I'm not going to lie. I
1: did talk to a couple people and it's not that I want you have on the podcast. No, you didn't want it's me. It's that I, there's some people that I reached out to that I haven't on on in quite a long time. Like I talked to Anthony Marino from rumblings but he had to get up early in the morning oh, like five in the morning Anthony for a trip
2: Marino. a couple
1: other guys that i haven't had on in a long time that's the reason why i to them. it's not that i like them necessarily mm-hmm. more than you you know it's kind of funny is our combativeness the two of us actually i hear a lot of people on twitter say that they like it when they listen to the podcast you know what i mean because we do we butt had some we're not we're not we're not a duo that agrees on everything and i kind of like it. you know not. you call me out or i call you out Keep it relatively respectful anyway, I mean, sometimes we end up yelling at each other, but that's uh that makes for more fun anyway so we're here's what we're gonna do in a couple minutes we're gonna dive into this game a little bit. We'll talk about the good, the bad, not a lot of bad, obviously when you win forty one to seven the ugly will have some big takeaways uh from the game. If you're watching this, I think this is gonna be on YouTube as well, but if Joe's drinking some kind of or was drinking some kind of. peanut I
2: let, yeah, so let me, let me give the advertising for this. Oma Gang Brewery, which is a very great craft beer spot in, the, in Cooperstown where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Uh, I was there for a wedding about two months ago, and I picked up like four four-packs of beer. And one of them I picked up was this, which is an Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. 7.6% alcohol. If you're watching this on the television... You can see the TV screen right now. Just, it's like a tr- Halloween thing. There's ghouls and ghosts. This is like the Titans defensive line that's buried in the offensive. <laughs> Basically, it's where the Titans are all currently right now in the graveyard. And I was just talking to Pat off camera that Pat and I are about as different as it can get. I mean, we love the Bills. That's probably the only – and wrestling we like. And wrestling, that's it. Yeah. Like we, And we the Sopranos. Those- the Sopranos, yes. Uh, Game of Thrones, but that's cool. Kai it. a little bit. Cool, you know, a there. little bit. Sure. Yeah, eighties nostalgia. We kind of dig, but mm-hmm. that's it. Like we have nothing in common, especially when it comes to foods. Like Pat's agree. He loves greasy, disgusting food. I go to, you know, <laughs> I, I go to Olive Garden. No, I'm just kidding. I go to better places than Pat does. But 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 more importantly, Pat and I do not see eye to eye when it comes to beer. You can see Pat if you're watching this on the on the TV screen. He's got a bush light hat that I'm sure a trucker gave to him one time when he was... No, I ordered it from handmade. Anheuser-Busch.
1: It just came in... Yeah, that's, that's even
2: is. worse, that you actually ordered that, okay? Yeah. it's Bush Light. And Good I investment. have a beer that probably would cost you anywhere between like 8 to $9 a can somewhere. And well, if that's Pat your fault. That, that's stupid. He would say, I could get four Bush Lights for that. But cool. have you ever had a peanut butter chocolate stout of any kind?
1: No, no, definitely not. I'm not, you know, again, I... I'm being honest. I rarely drink higher end beers. I definitely don't drink stouts, especially peanut butter flavored. I do like, like I I like some lagers. Um, Is Angry Orchard considered a a nice beer? Is that a good beer? No, that's like a
2: cider, and like I don't drink that. It's like a sugary beer. I had I had a couple of
1: Orchard, um, Angry Orchards, whatever it's called, over the weekend. And what you do yeah. is you take a shot of Fireball and you put it inside and then oh it tastes God. like kind of like Halloween-y. Like, really?
2: I've never spicy. tried
1: that. Yeah, somebody told me to do it. My buddy John. We were uh, hanging yeah. out watching college football Saturday at, at a bar in West Seneca and he, he put me on to that. I actually, I, I enjoyed it.
2: I'm surprised but, that you have not taken up craft beer. Only because Pat strikes me as a, I don't want to say a drunk. But a guy who likes to get like get the licey a little buzz. At least back in his old his younger days when he was in his. 30s. It's very
1: rare now, but yeah. yes, I mean I still in, I still tie one on, but no, nothing like yeah. I used to. But I would course,
2: but. I would assume you would like craft beer because the alcohol level is much higher. You sure. have like two or three of these, and you're going to bed very happy. Whereas yeah, but for bush White, a bush light you gotta I'm have a, like thirty of them to have like a. No,
1: not necessarily.
2: Okay, ten maybe.
1: But uh, so, what did you end up doing? So, uh, again, we're about to get into the game. Neither of us were at the game, and it's obviously, for in your case, that's because you're in New York City. But uh, what do you end up doing for
2: now? uh, Have you seen? I know we're going to get into this, but have you seen the StubHub prices right now? It is astronomical to go to a Bills game. Yeah, It, it is. I was I was eyeing tickets in August, thinking about maybe I'll come home for a Browns or. Vikings game because at that point they were like eighty bucks for the cheapest ones. And I was like, okay, hey, that's not terrible. I went on there today; it's double for both of them. I'm like, it is. If I'm a, if I'm a Bills fan living in Buffalo, I'm getting season tickets. Just get season tickets for the investment, so you can buy buy them and sell them on the second market because right now. They're just insane right now. I wish I could have gone. I'm jealous of all those people who got to go to that. Not game. me.
1: I don't. I I've said oh. this before. I'm not a fan of going into the stadium live and watching the games. I like to tailgate with people and have a good time, but then I like to get home or somewhere else. I I like to listen to the. I like to watch it on TV and I like to listen to the announcers. Actually, more than I than I like being. Yeah. Uh, got, when
2: was the last Bills home game you went to? I don't even know. I don't even know. It's like been 10 a long years time. Twenty. Was Jim probably, Kelly still probably playing? ten? No, I... were you thin and had hair then? Like what? Like <laughs> I like... don't re-
1: I I I can't I, I honestly can't remember. Probably it was definitely during a drought, and it was it was wow. surely before I moved to Florida. I haven't been to a home game since uh I moved to Florida. That was in twenty sixteen, probably in early twenty like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, something like that. I'm just not a, I just don't like going to games.
2: Do you like going to bars though, to watch Because I'm surprised you're not the type that would go and tailgate and then go to like the big tree in or whatever, and
1: then Depends. watch it there. I truly, I truly like to mix it up. Like for an example, tonight I stayed home. I watched a game with my wife and my son, which I love doing, especially watching the games with my son, because he he's 19 years old. He's played football his whole life. And I'm telling you, man, he's really good at catching things and breaking them down. Like analyzing stuff on TV. I love, Watching the games with him. because so he takes after his of mom
2: because he's really good at analyzing <laughs> sports, unlike you. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, I,
1: I, I guess. But sometimes yeah. I do that. Sometimes I go out with some friends or I go to a bar or somebody's house. Uh, it depends. You had a couple people over your house tonight, right? Yeah I, had game, a couple, you did?
2: yeah, I had a couple people over. It was like the first time we have entertained people at the house. And it's it's definitely one of those things where, like, I feel when people come over, I want to, like, roll out the red carpet. Like I'm very much into making good food, having good beer, everything. But it's it's definitely can be a little like like taxing. Like we had like a food a meat and cheese plate in the beginning, which was great. And like it's easy to do. Like throw some meat and cheese on a damn plate and go here. But then like by halftime and like the last like I would say a good half hour from like probably three minutes left in the first half to like the first five minutes of the second half, I was cooking. And basically I was I was grilling burgers on my food ninja. And then I was making sauce for the burgers. Cause I I got like these Angus steak, steak hamburgers are basically like, hamburgers made out of Angus steak. And so I decided to, to make my own like a one sauce with mushroom and onions and like mix it together on stovetop and throw some hamburger, the hamburger on top of it after I grilled it. So it took like, it was a, everyone was very happy with it, but man, like you realize like you, I need half time to be longer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I can cook longer and, like, relax to watch the games. Because I want to cook. I don't know. I like cooking. I'm, like, a, a guy that does like to cook for people. You know, it's maybe a, the stupid Italian heritage that I that I have a curse with. But, like, you know, you want to cook and, like, have, like, good. I, I want to have it really good. I don't like ordering out. Like, ordering out is fine. But it's, like, I want you to come to here. Like, you're going to, like, remember. Like, I had a, you, you'll always remember if you go to someone's house for a game and they cook you something way more than if they ordered you something. You know, I, I guess people or do you. You strike me as a lazy shit that when people come over, you're like, bring your own stuff. I'll give you cups and here's some. And then and, and that's it. That's what you do. That's what I picture you doing. You're just bring you're your own not stuff. far off. Of it's course, not I'm, entirely I'm far. No, doing.
1: you're not entirely far off. I people come over. To, I mean, you're talking about a night game tonight. So fuck that. You probably had dinner before you came over. And if you did, not that's your bed. I mean, the game wasn't, didn't even start until 7.15, so I'm definitely not making a dinner for a Monday night football game. That's your first mistake right there. I, I'm not, plus, I'm also, I'm being completely honest with you, I'm a horrible cook, so I don't cook much. But what I do now, I have an Instapot, and what I've become known for, and by, when I say I've become known for it, it's because I tell everyone that I'm good at it, is mm. I make shredded chicken. I make shredded chicken sandwiches. So you shred it, you know, you put the chicken in, you cook it in the Instant Pot, you shred it and you make sandwiches, you know, you mix, put some spices and sauce on it and stuff. That's some chips. So very simple. So I will cook, but it's very limited. I'm not, known. I, which actually is a change for me because before that, I no, i never made shit, man. Get some potato chips and have some beers. That's mm. it. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm not a cook. I if people come over, they do. I, what's, I, the I largest,
2: like, what's the largest gathering you've ever had at your house for a football game, right. Probably
1: <laughs> Probably fifteen twenty people at least.
2: amount. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, All right. We have a lot of I, I like to have people over for Notre Dame games. I get Notre Dame fans, really? oh, okay. buddies of mine who are Notre Dame fans and we watch the games. <laughs> but again, man, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and tell you that it's anything fancy where I make this fancy kind of food or whatever. Like tonight, for an example I didn't cook anything. We went out. And we got subs from Imperial Pizza and uh, came home and ate them. And you know, right before the game starts, because my kid gets home from work. You know, everyone you don't have a lot of time, especially being a 7 seven fifteen start. But uh, would you
2: prefer? Would you prefer eating your main meal at halftime or before the game, like right at kickoff? You have your if burger it's If
1: it's a nighttime yeah. game, I'd rather eat before the game
2: before the game for, and then if it, in part in
1: part because of reasons that you just talked about cooking through halftime and and shit like that man But, but and uh, you would
2: do that for a one o'clock game too like would you rather have your food at, at halftime or would you rather to have it right at the start of kickoff
1: um probably halftime if it's yeah. if it's an afternoon game definitely halftime you know my wife's family she has a very big family and they're Very close. in now, again, a primetime game is different because it's nighttime. Some people went to the game. But generally speaking, on Sunday afternoons, her entire family gets together and people bring a dish. And then, you know, whoever's hosting has stuff as well. And then we pretty much eat at halftime. That's always uh, a good time. But, yeah, man, I I ain't cooking shit, dude. I'm drinking some bush (laughs) lights and having a sandwich or some chips and, and just watching football. Football ain't for dinner, man. Football ain't about food. Football's about beer and watching the game. I'm getting loud.
2: Getting which, loud, yes. We getting into this,
1: getting into this. My, game, we scared
2: our cat a couple times tonight because I was loud. Well, and there was loud. a
1: lot to be loud about.
2: That that's yeah, it was it and, was hardly complaining loudly. Like because usually there's like the loud, like, you fucking idiots. how can right. you do that? But tonight was all about yes, yes, like it was a Daniel Bryan chat, basically.
1: It wasn't right, and it, and we'll segue into this. Now it, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but before <laughs> Here's the bottom line, and and again, you know, you we're and we're going to break down some specific things or or have our you know thoughts on some specific things. But at the end of the day, the Bills have played last year's Super Bowl defending champion, and they played the number one seed in the AFC. And I don't think Tennessee was the best team in the AFC last year. I never thought that, but at the end of the day, they were the number one seed in the AFC. They're also a team that is beating the Buffalo Bills in consecutive seasons. They're a team that saw Derrick Henry run for five touchdowns against the Bills in the last two years. They're a team that Ryan Tannehill did not get sacked once and in the last two years of playing against the Bills. Anyway, you go on, you start the season, all these expectations, and I know we've talked about it at some point before the season. I was concerned a little bit about, are the expectations too much? Are they going to buy into their own hype a little bit too much? So far, the answer is no, because they win 41-7 tonight and they've outscored the Rams and the Titans now 72-17 to to start the season. So if you're the betting favorite before the season like the Bills are and uh, you want to come on, you want to make a statement that we belong there for a reason, I don't know how much more they could do right now to put the less the rest of the league on notice just how good this football team is. And again, we'll get into a couple specific things in just a couple minutes, but just generally speaking, I mean, you go on Monday Night Football, Joe, and you just beat the shit out of a, at least a pretty good team anyway. I mean, not a great team, but it was just a, a really dominant performance and it's it felt like it, it absolutely could have been a lot more than forty-one to seven as well, by the way.
2: I don't know if I would say it would be a lot more than forty-one to seven, maybe like forty-eight to seven, but yeah, they you know, they exercised a couple of ghosts a little bit with the Titans. So, you know, they've lost the last two regular season games against them, like, you know, 2020, they kind of got they got like, smacked they got in 2020. They got yeah. smacked in 2020. Last year they should have won. Like, they had the Josh Allen slip and the Josh, and the uh, you know Derek Henry had a long run, which they had like a blatant hold on that play from what I remember. Um, but they they kicked their asses, man. I mean, they, you know, it was a total total elimination against a team like you said. Like you know, it was the number one seed last year. I mean, again, I I think the Titans have kind of took a step back or two this year. Sure. You know, Luke, they have no weapons for Tannehill to really throw to. And and Tannehill to me is like that that type of quarterback like he needs he needs like legit like what like what the Dolphins have, like a wide receiver, like Tannehill needs that to be effective. And they got nobody since they traded AJ Brown. And well, it was you right. really. I mean,
1: the, the rece- they don't on have on the
2: an AJ. Yeah, they don't have that.
1: They don't have an AJ Brown, but I mean they do Robert Wood, Robert Woods is no scrub. Austin Hooper is he, a cut. pretty good tight end. I mean, they have uh, some. I agree. I agree with what you're saying, though. They don't have. They don't have that game changer. Like AJ yeah, Brown was, played yeah, very well was, against the Bills the last two yes. years,
2: and he's he's a, their stud. And like Woods is coming off an ACL. Austin Hooper. I mean, he how good did he do in Cleveland? They cut his ass after he got a good deal. Like either way, like the tight the, t- the Titans aren't what they were last you're year. Right. And I you agree. Could, you could say they're a little bit of frauds, but anyway, look. But either way, you blow out a team. 41 to 7, you bring really damn 34 points. You damn straight you gotta recognize a little bit with what they did. But they they dominated them on both sides of the ball. They really took like, they scored 24 third quarter points. Uh they just knocked their asses out on both and- line of scrimmage. And Josh Allen was it was the same it was like the same story as like last week's game, kind of in a way. You know what I mean? Like they, they got pressure on the quarterback. Stephon Diggs made some awesome plays, and like they just it was like the same thing they did last week to the Rams.
1: Yeah, except they scored um, 10 more points. <laughs> I well, when I said it, it could have been worse than 41-7. The starters literally did not play in the fourth quarter.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and, and I don't think this Tennessee defense was gonna stop the, the only thing that was stopping the Bills was themselves, which is kind of sort of what the case was a little bit um last week. And again, we'll we'll get into that, but yeah, man, they put up 41 points and it was an easy 41 points. Uh, a couple things that I want to dive into specifically. I mean with Josh Allen, what I'm running out of things to uh to really say about him. 26 of 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns, and again, did not even play in the fourth quarter. Uh 6 Monday Night Football games by the way, Josh Allen's played now, 18 touchdowns, two interceptions. And he's nine and three in prime time. This guy is uh he's built for the big lights man it, it seems like he plays his best football when the stage is biggest which is really refreshing for uh for this Buffalo Bills team because you know sometimes the the moments can be too big for certain players Josh Allen, ain't one of them he just seems to play the best when uh when the lights are on him the most he was sensational against it. He had one shitty throw to, to uh Jake kruro on a little outside pass a little dump pass it was a terrible throw but he made up for it like he always does and you know he had a couple batted down passes at the line but Again, only uh, what twenty six thirty eight? So so twelve incompletions, and probably half of them were back downs at, at, behind the line of scrimmage. So man, just another sensational game for a guy who's one of the best players in the NFL. Let's not compare him to Mahomes. I'm so sick of that. Let's just agree he's one of the best players in the league. You know, but what do you yeah, mean you don't want to?
2: What com- What do you mean you don't want to compare him to Mahomes? I mean, I I think you could say like he's on the same level as him right now. Oh, he is.
1: I absolutely yeah. So like he you is.
2: compare him. like it's fun to compare him to like we. Two years ago, you'd laugh your ass off at someone comparing him to Mahomes. Now you can't. Two years like, ago, he's... we did a
1: pod. Do you remember a podcast? And you were my guest. We did a podcast like two years ago. I think it was who, and we run around the league, team by team. What quarterbacks would you trade Josh Allen? for? Oh
2: yeah, It was about a year ago. We
1: argued about a couple you want, you said yes to Dak Prescott, I believe. And I said, no, at the time. And I remember we had a pretty, yes, it was two years. It was argument about up. that. Yeah. We were, we <laughs> were talking about
2: the Yes. I remember it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. Right. It now,
1: now it's a simple, now here's, and I've said again, now I guess it's going to be a million times too, that I've said this. I am not trading Josh Allen for anybody, including Patrick Mahomes. And, but if I was the Chiefs, I would not trade Mahomes for anybody, yes. including
2: and th- and that's, Josh Allen. And, that, and that's a very level-headed, like, take. Yeah, My but point like, My point
1: was this. With, with Mahomes, it's like, Joe, yeah, sure. They're always going to be compared because I, I think they're the best two quarterbacks in the NFL now, bar none. Oh,
0: but I agree it's like
1: that. sometimes it's just like, yo, know, instead of saying what Mahomes did or what he did on Sunday or what he's going just, to just I just like to appreciate what Josh Allen is doing right now. That, that's kind of what I meant when I
2: said that. No, I I totally agree with that. Like, he's just been great. I mean, you 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 kind of said he was in like Mister Prime Time. You know, I was looking up I was looking up Stefan Diggs's numbers, and I call him uh, on Monday night. His numbers on Monday night have been like astronomical. In, in like the last five games, he's got like forty one catches for five hundred twenty five yards yeah, and I'm seven touchdowns. Me. Like Diggs is just like amazing. Like, call he's in he's a new he was the best Van player on Bam. the field
1: tonight. He, I yeah, thought he was he the best was, player in the field, and I'm including Josh Allen, I think Stephon Diggs was literally unguardable. His route running is unbelievable. Yeah. And, I it's mean, the play the, calling
2: was really good, too, to, to him, it, those run to options. Po- yeah. They, it, with, with Stephon Diggs, it's to the point. I know you and I are pretty – we're very well we're – very, we're very good when it comes to historical, like, we are Bills teams of past. Mm-hmm. Like, we put a list together. Like, Stephon Diggs right now, I think he gets another season like this. You can say he's the best wide receiver to play for the Bills when you factor in like you know the top 3 have been it, it, the, the two guys he's like chasing after are probably Moulds and, and and Andre Reed obviously and you could say for for right now like you know Andre Reed at least he had Thurman Thomas to ha- kind of help him with like the offense Stefan Diggs doesn't have Thurman Thomas back there there's an all purpose back to like help him out and like he's just taking over games like this year and like when he's on prime time you know he's got seven touchdowns in five games on Monday night He's been awesome the last two weeks. Like he's just – and he's doing it like Gabriel Davis didn't play tonight. Like that's supposed to be like their number two option. And instead like, you know, he's got, you know, he's got Isaiah McKenzie. He's got Crowder who – you know, he's, Crowder's played, what, two games with the Bills, obviously. And you got Dawson Knox. Like he, you can't you, – he's just making plays. And he, the thing about Mo, that about Diggs that's so impressive about him is that he makes plays all over the field. He's not the guy – he can make that deep throw like he did for the touchdown – he could get those those tough like it's it's thirty nine. You need 10, nine and a half yards. He's gonna get you that. Like he's he's just he's playing lights out. Like not the way to take away from Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen's great. You run out of things to say about him. I'm the same way. But like Stephon Diggs, man. I mean, he's playing. He embarrassed, he, embarrassed he embarrassed the tightest corners.
1: He embarrassed the tightest secondary. He absolutely embarrassed them. I mean, he the route running, the hands, literally physically running him over multiple times. I mean, lowering his shoulder, he was to me tonight, I think Stefan Diggs was the best player on the field, and again, yeah, it's easy to to kind of overreact're only two games into his third season with the team. The only thing that makes him not number one already is just uh tenure yeah, no exactly enough. like at, at he's terms the of, at, his, his,
2: he's, at his peak. Yeah, he's the like, best. He's he's, he's already he's,
1: better. He's better now than I've ever seen yeah. Andre Reed, and I love Andre Reed, man. And sure, I'm an old school Bills guy, man. So yeah. that ain't no slight to Andre Reed. Stefan Diggs is just he, he's one of the best receivers he's, in the entire NFL, man. He's killing just,
2: it, and like he's he's just killing it. I mean, he is just you know we I, I saw this a tweet I think last week. You may have been the one that tweeted. I could be completely wrong, but we were comparing. Like someone said something about like like the Diggs Jefferson trade with the Vikings. Like the Win-win. best. It's a win win because like both wide receivers are just studs and like yeah, they they're both I mean, Diggs is just so good and, and and you know he you need like you need that number one wide receiver man in this day and age. You just I don't care if it's if it's if it's Hill, Kelsey, Devontae Adams, whatever. Like you need that guy. You know don't 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 fall into the bullshit about like oh hey you know we could just throw out like Dion Branches of the world and David Pattons to get to the Super Bowl. You know, with because we have an elite quarterback now. Get that number one stud who's going to make your quarterback look great. and it's every, help.
1: every time the Bills needed a play while the game was still reasonably in doubt, you know, through the maybe halfway through the, the third quarter. Every time it seemed the Bills needed to make a play, Josh Allen would find uh, Stephon Diggs. I would say probably... And again, we're taping this not long after. So it's not like I've had a lot of time. To, I haven't looked at any of the replays, really. And I haven't really had haven't time to decipher things. Yeah, I got but it. I will yeah, say I this. It. I will say this. To me, to play of the game, it was... So the Bills were up. It was only 10 to 7 at the time. And it was like uh, about a minute left. It was a minute left in the first half. The Bills were kind of shooting themselves in the foot, which we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes as well. But anyway, it was fourth and one. And, uh... Josh Allen found Stephon Diggs for that touchdown. It looked like they were going to throw the ball left. Josh started rolling left, and then he threw across his body to, to Diggs in the end zone. That was the play of the game. That, that made it 17-7 to go up You know, with, with a minute left, and then Rizzo had a sack on Tannehill when they got the ball back, and then Tennessee just threw in the towel and went into the locker room. Then, of course, we all know what happened in the second half. It was just complete and utter domination, but that was a play of the game for me to go up 17-7 on fourth and one because the Bills struggled – on third and ones they went zero for three on third and ones at least when the starters are in i don't know what, what the stat might have been in garbage time but the bad things the few bad things you could say about the bills uh for this game but yeah man every time you needed a play it was stefan Diggs. but josh allen's just in complete control of this football team right now i was watching some of the espn post game and alex van pelt who was not really joking i mean he said it ton and tongue-in-cheek but he wasn't really joking the only thing Josh Allen was like, who's he going to do? Who does he want to throw his next touchdown pass to? You know what I mean? He's just so in control of this team. And they and they did a tribute. Dawson Knox, who, I mean, I remember you bitched about him a little bit last week because he only had one catch. Uh, he was good today. I think he had four catches. Tough catches, too. Uh, Crowder had a big third down catch. McKenzie had a couple catches. Um, and again, Jay Kuro caught a 39-yard pass down the field. Because I remember saying before the game, if I'm worried about one thing, Gabe Davis not being in, maybe – You know the Bills don't have anyone who will take the top off the the Tennessee defense. Goddamn, was I ever wrong with that? Because beyond Diggs, Chumro got behind them for uh, a big play. But yeah, man, it just seemed like whatever he wanted to do with the football, he did. We could spend an entire podcast just talking about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs because they're just that good.
2: They really are. Yeah, it's amazing to me how good Diggs was. He had twelve catches, like you said, but the rest of the wide receivers had like five catches, which is which is kind of hilarious. A little bit in the end, like. You Know for what they did, but I mean, but when but they call, were reporting
1: like, catches, though, no,
2: and I was about to say, yes, they were like Kumaros, like he had that long pass, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Reggie Gilliam, like had, like that nice, that comeback. was
1: awesome. By that the way. was awesome. I
2: was like, what is because uh, I, I always, I kind of, I've always dumped on like putting as many fat people on the field as possible, like the fullback. he's a, and good, here he he's is. a good little you know, utility like, oh, guy, he's, man. He's like, like, nice little, he looks like Keith, a throwback to Keith Byers back in the day, but uh, <laughs> maybe it's a 41, I don't know, but like. Yeah, they, they like that play that you mentioned was an awesome play. That was like a play where I saw him and I was like, oh my god, this looks like this. This looks to be terrible. And He just threw it across his body like basically out of Sandlot. Can I like, can I'm I be completely
1: shot. honest with you about something? Sure. And I I don't know if you felt this way. I'll promise you, at least some Bills fans felt this way. I know I did, and I'm gonna admit this. There was a part of me that was kind of hoping Tennessee would keep the game reasonably competitive because this was the kind of night. Where Stefan Diggs he ended up with twelve for for one forty eight and three touchdowns. Right, did not see the field in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen threw for three hundred seventeen yards and four touchdowns. Did not see the field in the fourth quarter at all. There was a part of me that was like, all right, two, well, you want those six touchdowns? All right, Ty Tyreek Hill, you want to have two touchdowns, one hundred seventy one yards. Watch this, and I feel like it was, you know, what I am saying. If Tennessee might have, when it was what, I mean, the Matt Milano pick six that that put that put, a, that put the that ice in on the good, cake yeah. for this game. But there was a part of me, and I'm I'm being honest. Once I knew the Bills, there was no way they were losing. I was hoping Tennessee would keep it just close enough that the Bills would kind of keep their foot on the gas. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, Josh Allen would have thrown the way he, that offense was starting to cook. He would have thrown for 400 yards and either five or six touchdowns. You know, you, yeah, sure. you throw six, I'm gonna throw six right back at you. Here you go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I wanted them to keep going so they can like duplicate. Like I did. I didn't. I I was kind of getting a little bit nauseous about the, the injuries, which I'm sure you'll get into. So at that point, I was like, "All right, we're up. Let's let's rest everyone and uh, let's let's take a break, you know, from yeah. that." But but the offense was clicking on like most cylinders, and you know, there's a couple things we could get into that we were kind of probably didn't like together and to see where we go. But uh, as I said, like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, like put them in the Pro Bowl, the All Pro team. Offensive MVP, maybe maybe the MVP of the league for one of those two guys. Because it's amazing to me how good Diggs is, and how just them and like that 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 quarterback wide receiver combo, they just they're just in sync. His route
1: running is just so it's so precise, man. And I mean we knew this when the Bills traded. Like that was always his strength. I mean, he's brought other aspects of the game that I didn't know he was quite as good at, but Mm -hmm. it's just it's fun to watch him run these routes. That post, when he turned that dude inside out uh that long touch, I was like, it was a 46 yard touchdown. I'm like, God damn, man. It's just, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It, but it I- was,
2: it, he's just, he's, he's, uh, okay, just save that guy forever, man. Hopefully he keeps <laughs> playing like that because that's Stefan Diggs is a keeper. As long as they got him, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to think about what life would be like without Stefan Diggs. Like, would it, how much? No, like, let's not
1: do that, man. Yeah,
2: how much more difficult would it be for for Josh Allen? or whatever. But like, they—it's just a—it's peanut butter and jelly, man. It's two. scary
1: to think this offense how good it's looked through the first two games, and and it's scary to think that Gabe Davis not—he didn't play, and I think he's a stud. I think he already is a star, and they absolutely did not need him, uh, whatsoever. But here's what I want to know: I want to take a really quick break. I want to come back on the other side. And as impressive as if Josh Allen and as impressive as Stefan Diggs were, I think the defensive line, or the front seven for that matter, not even just the defensive line, the front seven was equally as impressive. And I want to talk about them uh, right after this quick break. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds, live up to the minute look no further than odds trader why is odds trader so valuable to you well for starters it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books why does that matter well it matters because if you're liking a team you want to throw down some cash on them you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds the best lines it's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most, if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that can be a huge thing to know in certain situations. OddsTrader also has a betting tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, OddsTrader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. OddsTrader, the number one site,
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All
1: right, I'm back with Joe. This defensive front seven is just, uh, we've seen it twice now. We saw it against the Rams. We saw it again against the Titans. They're just dominant, man. Um, Derrick Henry, who you know his stats haven't been the greatest against the Bills, but he just finds the end zone. But he's just such a threat. I mean, he the Bills completely, and I mean completely stopped him today. Thirteen carries for twenty-five yards. He had one run for nine yards. That was it. And Lewis Riddick from ESPN pointed this out there in the game. It's not like the Bills were consistently bringing eight, nine guys into the box and saying, I dare you to beat us with the pass because we're not going to give up anything on the run. They were winning battles with lighter boxes, just six, seven guys up front. It was not eight, nine men boxes. They just were winning at the line of scrimmage. This defensive line right now, Man, you know, we talk about Josh Allen playing at an MVP level, which he did last year, last couple of years now, and he's still right there. Stephon Diggs, we know what he is. To me, the best in this team now, and even last year, by a mile, is this defensive line. They are every single bit as good as advertised, and you can't emphasize enough, and I know we hear about it all the time. and. It'd be easy to get sick of talking about Von Miller or what he brings to the team on and off the field. You're seeing it. First of all, he's making plays himself. He had a great stop and it wasn't even a, a sack. It was, it was on the run. Great stop. One-on-one with Henry, but man, you could just see the growth in these young guys. you so like tonight, last week, boogie Bash was sensational and AJ FNS was sensational tonight. Greg Rizzo. Might have been one of the best players on the field, man. He is—he's a because he's become. I think Joe Biscay, anybody said it. he's become elite already in stopping the run in just his second year. He had a sack tonight. Jordan Phillips—we talked about him last week. We'll talk about him again. He was a big time disruptor, just eating up double teams, man. Dequan Jones is doing his thing, and this is a defensive line that did not have that Oliver and didn't have Tim Settle. And just like with the offense with Gabe Davis, it just. Did not matter. This defensive line is all that.
2: Yeah, according to ESPN, like their box score, the Bills had seven tackles for losses tonight That's from crazy. their That's defense. A lot. That's a lot, and um, yeah, the defensive line has been great. I'm gonna put this in the in my in the in the Talking Buffalo Podcast Hall of Fame. I know you don't have one, but I'm making one right now. I'm putting Jordan Phillips in there. That guy. I don't know how he's done well. Like he's been our guy a little bit. Like we liked him. Couple mm-hmm. years ago, and he left, and we're like, I think they miss him, and I don't know what happens. He gets the Buffalo. He likes the blue cheese, the water. He, he didn't play well really, in Arizona. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Maybe he doesn't like the desert. Who the hell knows? But like, he played really well tonight. Blew up some good stud. play. He like plays. He's a stud. Rousseau was getting better. You know, Boogie Basham had a couple plays like there. And Bob Miller is just Bob Miller. Like he that one stop he had in the backfield. Um, you know, that you almost a
1: almost a strip sack
2: fumble. Almost yeah, he just got like, the hour moving. But yeah, he's making impact. They, you want to know how, look, again, we we talked before, the Titans don't really have too many weapons on offense, and next week will be really a fun test for the Bills, but when you got dogs up front like that, and the, you can have the Bills, the Bills are rolling out with rookie cornerbacks after rookie cornerbacks, guys i never really heard of, like, fifth, sixth round picks that, like, you know, that I'm like, I don't pay attention to until I have to pay attention to them, and now I have to, because they're playing a lot, but, like, they're making those guys look good. You know what I mean? And that that to me is what happens when you have a really good defensive line that under that, you know, gets the system, that can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing or without like run blitzing even. And that's what they're doing right now. And it's just a great it's two weeks in a row that they've really have controlled the line of scrimmage. And like you look, you the the Titans had like when Tannehill went out at less than two hundred yards in total offense. You know, and like they they not, they just beat their asses and it go it goes back to last week. And to me, that is gonna come down to when we're sitting here, we're talking about playoffs, Super Bowls, all those aspirations. What's gonna keep the Bills from beat what will keep the Bills from winning or will allow the Bills to win, excuse me, is we know Josh Allen's gonna get his points, but it's gonna be how well does the defense do to stop people. If they're doing what they're doing now, which is like they're just giving guys like, you know, three hundred yards and in total offense or something like that, they're gonna they're gonna walk into the Super Bowl, you know. If they're if they're if both sides, because right now they have the two units, both sides of the ball are a pluses right now that are playing this way, and you yeah. cannot have that. And you know, it's they've always talked about wanting complementary football, where both the offense and defense are holding it together, and they both both sides of the ball, especially on the front line, are doing it. And this is this is McDermott's wet dream. He's got the defensive line he's always wanted. And like he can rotate, you know, he could sh- play Shaq Lawson one week, and then the next week is like, "Ah, oh, you're gonna sit. We're gonna put someone else." They don't even have. They dominate without Ed Oliver and without Settle, and like they're they're down to like they activate. Their Ed Oliver's track.
1: a great player too.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, it, Ed it's Oliver's is crazy man. Player and like right now they're they're on all cylinders right now with that defense right now.
1: You want a uh, hot take? Let me give you a hot take,
2: man. Go ahead. No, I love hot takes, and I'm
1: sure it's in part because again the defensive line how good they're playing and these defensive tackles and do not evaluate Daquan Jones with with stats cuz he doesn't get sacks and he doesn't get tackles he takes on blockers he he prevents guards and centers from getting to the second level and which is kind of related to what I was going to say this might have been the best game I've ever seen Jermaine Emmons play in Buffalo that I thought he was great today he had a sack now Jermaine Emmons puts up number he's a tackle guy like he gets a lot of tackles but I, I, he lacks making impact plays. Tonight, he had a sack, which was big. And he also got his hand on a ball that ultimately got tipped twice, which Jordan Poyer ended up he intercepting. Had, he had so, two
2: tackles for losses. Yeah, Both of his tackles yep. were for losses. So, yeah, And that's so what you this, and I have talked about. We've talked the about splash plays, you, the, splash the splash plays. The splash were, plays, yeah.
1: yeah, so Jermaine Edmonds, splash plays, impact plays. I thought this was his best game. And you can also – you could at least make a case that Matt Milano the same. I mean, obviously he has the pick six for his touchdown, which when they showed the replay and they broke that down, he did a brilliant job of reading the eyes of Tannehill and moving over in into position to make the play. So that was awesome. He also drilled uh, Henry, and he also, I can't remember who it was. It might have been a receiver too or something on the screen. But Matt Milano had a couple big-time bumping hits tonight. Um, that's why I say the front seven. It wasn't just the defensive line tonight. The linebackers were exceptional. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, like if we were grading this right now, I'd give them an A plus. I, I thought they were perfect, man. I or, or near perfect, I should say, anyway. They played almost flawless. And if your front seven's going to be that good, it's going to cover up potential deficiencies with the cornerback position. Which I mean, we, we, we kind of have to get into that a, a little bit, man, because it's potentially a big deal, man. The Bills like Dane Jackson a lot, okay? Yeah. And, they, and, and they showed that this offseason by letting Levi Wallace go to the Pittsburgh Steelers because Levi Wallace did not sign for big money in Pittsburgh, Sure. you know, a guy in the first round, whatever. Anyway, with Trey White Hurt, Dane Jackson was the number one corner right now. I don't know, as we're taping this late into the night, Monday or Monday night into Tuesday morning, people will be listening to this on Tuesday, we don't have any real injury updates. We don't know what Dane Jackson, the extent of his injury is. Um, Jordan Poyer said in the locker room that he texted briefly, and that the guys said that they're okay. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't see any way Dane Jackson is going to be playing for a couple weeks minimum. Um, big blow, and now they're really going to be tested because they're down to two rookies right now at, at cornerback, and one of them is a six runner who, by the way, started the game, so he's ahead of uh, Kyrie Elam on the depth chart. Of course, I'm talking about Benford.
2: Did um, Elam play. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you do you notice Elam on the field tonight? Maybe I I might have missed it. He was a over.
1: lot. Of, he played well actually. He was actually. a lot. Elam, yeah, okay, yeah God, and He he, he played a lot. especially I mean, okay. Dane Jackson went down, so he played you know sure. pretty much the whole second half. Um, you know, in the Bills' cornerback position, it's so thin right now that when they when they took out all the starters, like in the fourth quarter, the early part, okay. there were like nine reserves on defense, but the two starting corners were there because they really don't have uh yeah much else. But n- now my point in I mean, we're obviously going to talk about the Miami game on Sunday, but uh, the bad, you know, before we even talk about the injuries, we'll, we'll circle back to that. So we talked about all the good. Josh Allen was sensational. The offense just kind of did whatever they wanted to do again. Stefan Diggs, superhuman effort. Uh, we talked about the front seven. What I didn't like on the other side was, again, 0 for 3 on third downs, third and short, third and one. They went 0 for 3. I don't know what it is with this team when he gets to third and one. It's like, they don't believe that they can get a yard on the ground. Like why is Josh Allen just not going under center and either taking it himself or handing it to Zach Moss? I mean, if Zach Moss is not, and he had a nice run in the fourth quarter or maybe the third quarter, a really hard run. It's got you feeling good about him. Cause up to that point, I'm like, listen, if you can't trust Zach Moss to get a yard on third and one, then he literally has no purpose being on this team and being on this field. All for three on, um, third and one that, that that was really frustrating to, I'm gonna, uh, to
2: see yeah that they've been and they've kind of been that way i feel like the last couple of years on those third and shorts like they don't know what to do like you have josh allen like go and watch the film of tom brady doing the stupid quarterback sneak for the last 30 years i mean you got you got josh allen's a freaking buick you know car yeah Lincoln. i don't get it man like just have him fall over you know what i mean and like i don't know like that that whole sequence, the one sequence when they, when they caught, when they, it looked like they were thinking about going for fourth and, and third and, and fourth and one. And then they like did kind of the, the snap and like, I, I forgot what, and then like Allen kind of like, it was like a read option and it just was a disaster. No, like that well, was,
1: that's, that's what, I, that's what I was getting to. That was, that was, yeah. a, that was on fourth and one. And what happened yeah. was, which is kind of going back to the other thing that I take issue with sometimes is. I continue to worry, and I know this is going to be very unpopular to say, but I don't really give a shit. I'm just going to say it anyway. I still worry about Sean McDermott at times in terms of his game management, his game day management, not getting the team prepared, not discipline, any of that stuff. I just worry a little the, bit the, about it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that. Just well, the I want, on the go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to tell you, and this is why, you know, first of all, I, I know a lot of people were criticizing him. If you remember in the first quarter, he challenged a play. And the guy clearly got his second foot in. I mean, it was pretty obvious right away. But you can tell he was mad when he challenged it. And I don't really blame him. for. I think whoever was responsible upstairs, that's on them when yeah. he challenged that. So I really don't blame McDermott. But when I did get pissed off, and it was one of the few again, there's not a lot to be pissed off about when if you're a Bills fan watching this game. But the one thing I did get pissed about is that play that you're referring to. Khalil Shakir, the rookie, was in there. He lined up on the wrong side and then he ended up whiffing out a block. I mean, it was so chaotic over. You could just tell yeah. you're hurrying up, trying to get the play. If you ever, if you're a coach and it's fourth and one and you're going to go for it, call timeout right there, call timeout and get your shit set up. You could tell that it was uh disorganized and chaotic. Just the yeah. formation, which Josh Allen, up, if,
2: if you saw it, he was like yelling for them to call a play. Like he was right, getting a little right, bit yeah, animated. Right, like, exactly.
1: It took way too long that. to get the plan. Yeah. So now it's not all McDermott. I mean, it's Ken Dorsey. Get in the yeah. play in earlier, or McDermott decided that they're going for it. But that was a situation where they should have called timeout, and that really annoyed me because, again, in a tight game, a one-score game, uh, you know, where yeah, well, if the Bills' offense ever does get stopped, and yeah, like if, if you're going against the Chiefs, by, that can
2: mean- yeah, if you're going against the Chiefs, the Ravens, you know, the top-tier teams, yeah, you got to get that shit a little bit on order, and it was a little bit too chaotic. I wasn't thrilled. I'll just say this: look, I do think eventually they can get the the play calling sequence down. Like, I don't think we're going to have that moment again, hopefully where like they're figuring out they're going for and they're hurrying up and they can't get their fucking guys lined up. Like I'm, I'm right. going to, I'm going to give have them a like, timeout though. Yeah. Th- I'm going to hope that that doesn't happen again, but the short yardage situation, it's not a good look. And I, and I, and I feel that this team is not, they're not great at running the football. And I, I said, I think I tweeted this once during the game, like, Stop running the freaking football, man. I mean, like, just, just pass the ball so we don't have to get the third and short. Like, just pass it because that's what you do best. Like, they, they, I, I, they, they, did. Don't do, they yeah, they, they don't do well on the third and shorts. They just don't. You just got yeah, well, that's the like,
1: problem. They didn't, they didn't, yeah, you're right. I agree with you, by the way. They, they do struggle to run the football and they should throw all the time. However, when they went 0 for 3 on third downs, they didn't even try to run the football. They, they threw it three yeah, times it. where they didn't get it. And that's kind of my point was like, well, two things. Well, if, yeah. again, if you don't trust that boss, don't have him on the field. He doesn't really have much use for you. And also I really, and it just goes back and I see it in college all the time too. I hate when, if it's third and one and Josh Allen's in shotgun, that really pisses me off. Unless you're going to run that read option where they run, or he might throw it to hand it to Singletary, take it himself or throw that quick little out to digs if they're, Backed off in coverage. Yeah, it's the only I, scenario to be in call shotgun. Call me a to me. sucker.
2: Like, I, I, give me some play action on that. Go on. Like, either you do the quarterback sneak or a third and one. Do some play action. But yeah, the shotgun on a third and one. I mean, just they got to get a little bit better in that. I do think maybe Mitch Morris not you know getting hurt and being out maybe that affected them a little. Well, bit. He came back, year.
1: but yeah. Well, he, he came missed, out and he came back. Yeah, he missed some
2: time, but like I sure. think maybe that could have had a little bit. I don't know. My apologies. I don't know if he was in on the plays we're talking because that should happen in the second quarter. It was basically where it kind of went to shit a little bit in that, in that regard. And I think that's when he got hurt. But yeah, they, they had the the Nick, the Axel Rotten Van Rotten guy. That guy I love. I don't know what his name is. The the backup center Van Rotten. He I made love a him. mistake.
1: I, he made a mistake that cost. I still him, love uh, it. Yeah, I still love him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a wrestling like name. name.
2: He's wrestling. <laughs> that's a wrestling. That's <laughs> right. Axel Rotten. Anyway, not know.
1: Look, when you win 41-7, if you're going to be, yeah. you know, if you're going to talk There's, about a couple of bad things, we're being nitpicky a little bit. I
2: yeah, but those openly are just things, admit that. Yeah, those are just things. Look, you got to get those, get that shit on track. We've kind of seen that a little bit in the past where they kind of get that indecision moment where it's like a short and down a distance, but... You know, get it get it squared away. Obviously, when you go against, you know, you get you can't do that shit against like the, the against like the Chiefs or the Chargers or something like that. You got to you got to get, gotta get third
1: with, and third and one. You tight. have to you have to you have to have the ability, even if you don't do it, you have to have the ability to run for first downs. And I just I don't know. I just don't like being in the shotgun. I just didn't like the play calls when it would be third and short. I mean, it ultimately, of course, it didn't matter. You put up yeah forty one points, but but still, I, I, that's one of the few things.
2: That I was a tedious like, thing, yeah. But that's again. I think hopefully they can fix that. And like they gotta get they they. I think they know that. But it is a reoccurring issue with some game management stuff. Like it's like, come on, get this get this shit squared away. It, I don't it need. Seems, it seems. I don't seems need know. It seems to me
1: after two games, the only thing that's gonna beat the Bills is themselves. I said, yeah. Uh, after one week against the Rams, they turned the ball over four times against the Rams. They didn't turn the ball over today. But they just they made a couple of mistakes, which didn't cost them today. Which I mean, look, this team is so good that they can overcome a lot of mistakes right. as well, and right. that matters too. You know, some teams when you're limited on offense, if you're the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins is not having his best day, they're not going to win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? There's right. lots of ways with this Bills between the office and defense to overcome mistakes, which is certainly uh what they're doing. But the one thing, the biggest takeaway from this game uh, on the negative side which is beyond their control, of course, is the injuries. I mean, they're piling up now. All right, so they yeah. went into this game without Ed Oliver, who is their best defensive tackle by a lot. I mean, I like Jordan Phillips a lot, but Ed Oliver is the best defensive tackle on this team. And uh, Gabe Davis, who's, again, he's uh, he's turned into a big-time playmaking wide receiver, did not matter. Tim Settle also didn't play. But this game, they're already thin in the secondary, and they lose Dane Jackson to what? Hopefully it's not, but potentially we'll find out more in the next couple of days of a potential significant injury. I mean, whenever you're carted out by ambulance, it's, it's always something to be yeah. concerned about anyway. So we'll see how that plays out, but you can almost take it to the bank that he's not going to be playing as soon as Sunday, turning around on a short week. Um, that's not all, though. Then they lose Micah Hyde, who is a... <laughs> can't emphasize how important he is, you know, in the back end of the secondary. We keep talking about The pass rush and these all-pro safeties can help mask these corners. Well, now Micah Hyde goes down here at his neck. Um, Jordan Boyer, again, said he texted Micah Hyde after the game or they were texting whatever, that he's going to be okay. I don't know what that means, though. That might mean he's okay this week. It might not mean, you know, maybe a week or two. But, and I don't even know if you know this, because if you weren't on Twitter paying attention, the Bills were blowing teams out and getting some starters out of there anyway. But a guy, we spent two guys, we spent a lot of time talking about today. Jordan Phillips left with a hamstring injury and Matt Milano left with the neck stinger. So now yeah. you're talking.
2: That's I'm, poor. Hoping those, I'm hoping that it was because the game was out of reach. They, no, they were
1: well, like, I don't know. I, I know, mean, they're I on know. the injury report and <laughs> yeah. there's no updates, no updates after the game, which is again, when we're taping this, but man, Milano, Jordan Phillips, Micah Hyde and Dane Jackson. This was a victory, a, a fun victory, but one that certainly came
2: at a cost. Hopefully yeah, not a that, big one,
1: but that's yeah. that. That's concerning. That's concerning.
2: Yeah, it's concerning. You know, we didn't need that. That we didn't need Miami scoring six touchdowns or whatever they did on on against Baltimore. Because if they were still crappy, we'd be like, oh, okay, fine. Whatever, you know. But yes, um, it is what it is. I mean, it's an NFL, and you know, it's it stinks obviously for them to have as many injuries as they had on the defensive line or on the defensive, well, all over the defense. It seemed like, but. You know, I, I'm not going to jump to conclusions yet. I'm going to wait till they, you know. Sure, the, sure. The coach yeah. said something. I'm not going to be a doctor over here, but you know, they have a lot of depth. We talked about this, and like cornerback, yeah, that's the one position that I get scared. Like, I'm like, oh god, we got to go to another rookie. You know, maybe maybe you should sign a veteran. Like, I, I would like find Josh Joe Hayden's Norman. out there.
1: Joe yeah, Hayden's, the, Joe Hayden's Joe out Hayden. there. I tweeted Kirby Jackson, after the Dane, whoever, after after the Dane Jackson injury. I tweeted because I mean, it looked like. And hopefully it's not that severe and hopefully he's okay. You know, and hopefully he will be all right sooner than later. But I will say that, uh, I tweeted afterwards. I said, the bills might be in the trade market as early as tomorrow. Or then. And a lot of people pointed out Joe Hayden, who's a well-known former pro bowl free agent and also Mm -hmm. a good friend of Vaughn Miller. But let me tell you this. If the bills had any interest in signing Joe Hayden, they had months and months and months to sign him. They They went with a six round rookie over him, so I'm not sure what they the might yeah, have and then, left in the tank, but I they're don't know, also man. They're, a little
2: bit against the cap, probably. And if you be gonna, you might have to like move some money around for him. i I'm, yeah, I well, you, they, they, you know,
1: they he, might I'm, have to. We'll find out more with Dane Jackson, but then we'll have yeah. to, uh, they might have to do something because, he, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, How sure, good your defense sure. is. you got two rookie corners, that's that's not a situation that you want to, and
2: it is, they are going. <laughs> Like Waddle and Terrico. they're playing the wrong team Sunday. They're what, running the
1: wrong.
2: It's <laughs> like can we play, can't we could we play a Tennessee again or like uh, you know what's you know the Browns set. Like I am like oh god we got it. But look, I'm not going to
1: get into it now, Joe. But I spent half a Sunday, literally half a Sunday, fighting on Twitter with Bills fans.
2: Oh, who just
1: don't want to give to or Miami any credit at all. It's I all said that Baltimore. Call, call, I called I call, Gary's fault. I called Baltimore a top tier defense and elite defense. And that was wrong because they're not, but they got a lot of talent on that team. And they were down three touchdowns on the road against a team in Baltimore that almost everyone considers a legitimate AFC contender. And they come back and they win. The, the man throws for six touchdowns, 400 some yards. Tyreek Hill, who we've seen do this to the Bills multiple times, has 170 yards. Jalen Waddell is an absolute animal out there, too. He's a monster. It's yeah. a dangerous awesome. team. It's a dangerous team. Now, that yeah. said, the Bills do have in really, really good front seven. And if Micah Hyde is in, in and I really hope, by the way, remember when we were talking shit about Jaquan Johnson, then we fight on the podcast where you didn't even know what the guy's name was? Remember that? Well, uh, was was safety, the guy right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was one no, it was one of those Hamlin. guys. Well, it was what? Hamlin. It was yeah, Hamlin. Well, now you, well, not you might plain?
2: know. Now, now I got to care. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jaqu- anyway, it's but- Jaquan
1: Johnson. I, I think he, he will be in there if Micah Hyde isn't. But anyway, man, this is a. Uh, and I'll talk about this more throughout the week, but this is a very dangerous matchup. It's the marquee game for the NFL. That's for damn sure. And uh, I don't know, man. I just, the fan in
2: me. You've been scared about Miami. Even the last podcast, I've been Miami, talking, been I've been singing, about I don't
1: want to say I've been singing their praises because I hate to admit that. I feel, that like, I like, I
2: feel like you're very, like when you, I feel like when you, when you see Bill's Twitter is like in the, the said something talk shit about someone else and like, this is overrated or you tend to go, I don't really believe that. And like, that's, that's why I feel like your feelings with Miami are because there was so much mudslinging. I never seen, like, I've seen the bills fan base shit on people a lot here and there, but I, I had not like the commentary on Tua from Bill's Twitter and just like not having any respect for this guy at all. And it's like, I talked to you about this before. Like the guy, what, like, was close to winning a Heisman and like was good in college? Like, this isn't like the Dolphins weren't trying to sell you on like Trent Edwards being their quarterback of the future, they were selling you on like a top four pick that that's only played like what 25 games, maybe. And like, people were just like, there's no way he's gonna do any good. And I was like, and I thought they kind of, in a way, and we always use the wrestling terminology, they worked themselves into a shoot. In a way where they just got too like, oh, it's it's just like they got themselves really like fed up and like, like look, the guy had six touchdowns, four hundred yards passing. I remember when Josh Allen's coming out party was against the Jets in twenty twenty, where he had over three hundred yards, and then the next week he killed the he killed the Dolphins with four fifty, and it was the Dolphins at that point who weren't very good, and like I wasn't. I hardly saw people online going, well, he did it against shitty teams, so fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Baltimore's
1: not a shitty team. Exactly, so, anyone who not. says that, that's yeah. a horrible, horrible, stupid, yeah. lazy yeah. take. If anyone, if you don't want, you could say Baltimore's defense isn't elite because they, they got, they're banged up. The secondary yeah. had guys playing hurt. But to say they're not a top, you know, top half defense at, at worst is just dumb and lazy. Yeah. But here, here, so here's the deal. When I, turn his mic on and the video camera on and I hit record I do my best to to take the fandom out when I'm talking about the Bills or any team I try my best to be objective sometimes the emotion of being a Bills fan
0: Same kind of here. That from yeah happening. me I'm the, but I, the, I'm the, I I try the, yeah.
1: but yeah, the Bills fan in me hates the Miami Dolphins and I always have and I always will and i the last thing i want to do is give that team any credit and i think there's people right now who are you know bills twitter bills fans who don't have a podcast and they don't give a shit about objectivity they just want to hate on the dolphins and the bills fan to me kind of wants to to feel the same way but i'm being biased and i'm and i'm being objective here and i've said this before the season i think miami's a very dangerous team I don't think Tua is ever going to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, so I'll never compare them. But I also don't think that he's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield either. I think he's better than that. I think they got explosive weapons. They got great corners. They got a lot of talent on that team. And Mike McDaniel is an offensive coach that is helping Tua. And you're seeing the rewards right there. The Miami Dolphins are a dangerous team. And in my opinion right now, so we're again, we're taping this at the end of uh, Monday Night Football here. I think if you were to do AFC power rankings tomorrow, you got the Bills one, you got the Chiefs two, and I think you got the Miami Dolphins three. Miami's a top three team in AFC right now. If they're not, who is?
2: Uh, Chargers.
1: No, okay. this is, the, no.
2: What do you mean? Nope. No, the Chargers, hold on. The Chargers should have beat the Chiefs last week. They had they they kind of stuck their foot. Like their
1: offensive line is just horrible.
2: Okay, but like okay, fine. I look, I I I think it's it's there. Look, I I I don't have like any hatred towards Miami. I, I the my, the Dolphins Bills rivalry hasn't been at all has it has been non-existent since Dan Marino and Jim Kelly retired. About to change? I not, well, yes, I think we are in that world that it may turn into that because everyone's worked themselves into a shoot about hating Tua. But uh, yeah, look, I could see Power Rankings people saying that. I I wouldn't put them there as three. I still think the Chargers are a better team. That's just looking at the talent, the rosters, but. Look, Miami is dangerous. I, don't, I still don't think, and I said this to you last week, and I still feel this way. I don't think they're challenging for the division. I do think, th- because I think the Bills are going to be like a 13 and 14. I think Miami will be like a 10 11 win team, which is yeah. they're going to be a wild card team. I don't, so, but, but if you want to say like two games out is challenging, sure, whatever. But Miami did exactly the blueprint for a young quarterback by year three. You better have weapons for him around him. And that dude, those one and two, those two wide receivers right there, like you mentioned before, Waddle and, and Hill, you can't you that that could be the best one two punch in the league right now. It is, I think it is the yeah. best one. I mean, punch. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm having like I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and it's it's a it's it's an awesome one two punch, and that's what they're doing. They gave they you want to know why people like Darnold and and Mayfield like foul like especially Darnold in the Jets, they gave him nothing, and he was dead. And that was it. And now he's—I mean, maybe you know—if you put him on the, on the Dolphins, maybe he's a little bit better. But whatever. Like, that's how you do it, man. Like, you know, Josh Allen before Stephon Diggs came into his life. Sorry to tell us the Bills fans was a kind of a mediocre quarterback. Stephon Diggs gets in his life, and then all of a sudden, Josh Allen's slinging it all over the field. That's how good a wide receiver can help you. And yes, it's a—it's a—it's a duo. It's a—you know—it's it's a, a
1: mutual yeah. thing. But it's yeah, a mutual thing. But it—it
2: it does help you. And I think what they did was, and and last week, like you said before, with that matchup, you know, it's a young We have you have to rely for the Bills to really get pressure on Tua. I still think you can get after Tua. Like I think he does take a lot of hits. He takes a lot of sacks. I think you have to rely on your front four to really get after him. And then you just play zone. You have a lot of defensive backs floating the pass coverage. You know, you don't have it into a one-on-one matchup where you're going, we you got Hill and Waddle versus one-on-one because I think you'll be screwed, you know, and you have your safeties helping out. But it's going to be, I'm going to that game next week. I'm going to Miami, so I'll be there with bells on or whatever you want to call it. I, But it's going to be I, a fun game.
1: I think, all right, so I think the Buffalo Bills are clearly built to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And the way, the what makes Kansas City special is Patrick Mahomes' ability to extend plays avoid sacks and make things happen. He improvises. He does things on the run very much in a different way, but very much similar to Josh Allen. Okay. That's so the bills were like, all right, well, we better get a pass rush. that can get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. The bills, I think now certainly have the blueprint to beat the chiefs. I thought they had it last year. They just flat out blew the last 13 seconds, which I don't want to get into today, but anyway, the bills, that was their blueprint. I feel, and a lot of people might not want to hear this, but I feel right now, Miami, not now executing it's a different story, but Miami has the blueprint to beat the Buffalo Bills. And that's two things: A, receivers with elite speed. Speed uh-huh. hurts the Bills' defense. And we've seen that happen. We've seen Tyreek Hill specifically destroy the Bills before. Not to mention, Mike Osecki has had very good games against the Bills, too. They're a tight end. So it's not even just like they got two receivers, they got some, and they got running backs who can catch them out of the backfield. They got speed, like crazy speed, Miami, okay? Speed hurts the Bills. It has in the past, and that's what Miami added. And the other thing with Tua is this offense is getting more and more gear. Now, sometimes he does hold on to the ball too long, but for the most part, their offense is get the ball out quick. What's the best way to combat a great pass rush? Quick passes, quick slants, bubble screens. Get the ball out quick and let your fast receivers do the work after they catch the ball. Miami's got enough talent. I think they got the blueprint to beat the Bills. Now, going out and doing it, of course, is a different story because straight up, I think the Bills can outscore any team in the NFL because right now when this offense is clicking the way Josh Allen's playing and the weapons that he has, this offense is damn near unstoppable. And you you could beat them. The Bills could beat you in a multitude of ways where I don't think Miami could do that. But they got two speed guys who could really hurt you, man.
2: Yeah. So you and, also, right. and also on the mental aspect for Miami, Miami hasn't been in the Bills since 2018. Yeah. And like the Bills have handed, they've, they've handed to them their asses since then for i mean there's a couple games that were kind of close here and there but like you have to think miami's sitting there licking their chops going i can't wait like they're going to be more fired up for this game than the bills are in a way yeah. you know what i mean like they're going to be like all right this is the team that's been kicking our ass for six years you know for for five straight years almost they're at home Allen josh allen's owned them yeah you know basically for his entire career and i think they're and that's where you have to you know I don't know if you, I guess, I know, it's cliche, but like, you know, you got to match their fire because Miami is a, this is a bigger game for Miami than it is for the bills. If that Yeah, sense. I agree.
1: I agree. A hundred percent. If Miami, if Miami comes into this game, they're two and old, they're at home. Um, They got, they got a bill's team coming in that is banged up. And again, it's at home. If you can't beat Buffalo in week three with these injuries that are mounting up for the bills and you lose at home, I think at this point, to what you said earlier. I think you're almost playing for the wild card after th- just three games. Yeah. Um I don't know. It'll it'll be my a hope, fun week.
2: My hope is for this game is like Miami, like it's kind of like a kind of cliche, but like they'll be so like that game against the Ravens was insane. I mean you're you're down thorn you're down if they didn't come back if it was if the final score was 35 fourteen like it was in the fourth quarter, you and I are like, ah, this is gonna be fine. Easy peasy like, you know, and then they just got hot and I know it's cliche, but maybe they'll have a little bit of an emotional hangover because they just went, they went balls out in that yeah. fourth quarter. I and watched that and dude, always, dude,
1: Baltimore they, they, blew some coverages. Unla- I mean, I haven't seen many defenses fall apart the way Baltimore did. And again, I've been given to a credit. I fought with Bill's fans on Twitter. So I obviously be given to us some just do. But he also had some very easy throws yeah. to make, man. I mean, these yeah. guys were literally and, wide open. The throw and, to Waddle for the winner was really sweet.
2: But for the most yeah. part, man. And, and keep in mind, Lamar Jackson did dice them up. And like, I mean, Lamar's sure. a stud. We like him. But like, if Lamar can dice them up, there's no reason why Josh Allen. Can't.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I'm not picking. I'm not picking against the Bills. I'm just saying they're ripe. If if Miami's going to make a run at the Bills and contend for this division legitimately this this week, I think it's more a must win for Miami, uh, than it is for Buffalo. One other thing that I don't want to get out here too. So you're in New York city and I'm here in Buffalo. And again, I didn't go to the game, but I've been out and about for most of the day. Now, again, you're not here to live here. So you don't experience it all the time, but you do come up for some games now and then, So, you, and, and you've lived there. You know what it's like, I got to tell you, man, game days in Buffalo, especially openers is unlike anything else, man. Yeah. I, it's just the vibe You could be a Bills fan, whether you're in New York City or when I lived in Florida or, or, you know, overseas or California. It doesn't matter. We all love the Bills and it's fun to root and we go to our backer bars and we have, you know, lots of fun. But there's nothing like being in the city uh, on any Bills home game, but especially the opener. Man, I went to I went to Wegmans. Um, I think I stopped at Aldi's. I I went to the bank. I went to a bunch of every single where you go. I went to Imperial to pick up food everywhere you go. It is a sea of, of bills gear and people yeah. telling you go bills, you know, and I know people were partying literally all weekend at the stadium and their RVs. And I heard, I, I heard Bill's players talking about it taking extra sale Mariano was say it took him three hours to get from Rochester to the, to the press spots the game because of the traffic just oh, he
2: must have been pissed
1: yeah he was the 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 (laughs) vibe just the vibe in the city and to to be here for it is unlike anything else man and it's really cool to root for the team and again we all have fun no matter where we are rooting for our team but man there's just nothing like being in the city on a game day I was just I don't know I'm just saying that because I was kind of reminded today being around and seeing it and seeing the sights and it was cool with the Rams too but this being the home game you just yeah, I don't know. The vibe especially just when you leave, like,
2: especially like, you know, I've, I've been to some home openers. Like, I think there was a time I went from like, during the drought, I went to like, I think three or four home openers in a row. And then I went to the one against the Bengals in 2019. And like, yeah, it's electric. And I think like for someone like you and me, when you like you left for Tampa for a couple of years and then you come back and then you kind of see it, you see it differently. Then when you saw when you lived there year round you come back and you're like whoa this it's is so only- night and day it's, it's so it's,
1: night and yeah, day. yeah it,
2: it feels different to you even though like yes i'm sure tampa bay isn't isn't nearly as cool as this place but like it's not it's it's not yes but like you get there and it's just a, it's just a great feeling like i'm like like yeah i'm jealous if i if i lived in buffalo i'd have season tickets i don't care if they were i don't care if they were shitty or good i would have seasons because going down right. there They just care more in Buffalo. People
1: people just care more in Buffalo. You know, in Tampa, there's lots of teams. Plus it's a transplant area where a lot of people are from other, it's like a neutral place. I've been to Miami for games and it's okay. But again, they got other teams and it's just, I don't know. It's just something about Buffalo and being in Buffalo for, uh, during football season. It's just really special, man. It's, uh, it's really cool. But anyway, all right, man, it's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Be sure you give Joe a follow on Twitter, at Buffalo Wins. We didn't even fight today. You weren't even insulting towards Bills fans. Must have been a good game today for you,
2: man. Yeah, they didn't. the only thing that pissed me off this week was about the Tua stuff a little bit. Like, that was annoying because it's like, (laughs) I saw some person, like, was trying to tweet, like, uh, it was one of the cover one charlatans. And they were like, I shouldn't say charlatans, I'm kidding. But they were, like, saying, like, remember last year when people liked Mike White? Over, t- I was like, "What the hell are you talking? Like, what people liked Mike White? I don't even know what you're talking about, bro." But like, that was the only thing that kind of pissed me off. Like going into, I'm like, "Like, you're you're making up shit." But other than that, I've been it's been kumbaya for me. You know, I'm not I'm not <laughs> yelling at too many people. You know, I'm glad that you gave the emergency quarterback the call here, and now I got to go back and gonna go back to the practice squad and wait till you you're panicking on Thursday this week because you're separated his shoulder again or something, and you need me to come on and. I'll be I'll be ready. I'll be you know I'll be in the training room, ready to come rock out, Pat. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.